Welcome back, everyone, to another episode here on the 5571 Podcast. My name is Danny, and this is a podcast all about Disneyland Park news, Disneyland Resort news, and also other theme parks as well, like Universal Studios, Hollywood, Walt Disney World, and Knott's Berry Farm. So let's go ahead and get in started right now with going straight into our 5571 news segment, um, because we have a lot of news to cover. Starting off first over at Disneyland Park, May 1st marked the beginning of Star Wars Month at the Disneyland Resort, which is going to be an exciting new time, new summer celebration alongside the already Disney 100 celebration going on that's happening at mainly Disneyland Park and of course bringing with it favorites like Hyperspace Mountain, which did return uh, on May 1st and is going to be going through June 4th at Disneyland Park. Uh, So if you like the regular version of Space Mountain, Um, Unfortunately, that's going to be gone right now, and we're going to be having Hyperspace Mountain, which is a lot of fun, and I'm really happy that they're bringing it back for this time period. But not only that, we're going to have a bunch of new snacks and food items that you can get to celebrate Star Wars Month. And of course... A couple Star Wars nights at Disneyland Park, those After Dark events, they have sold out as well too, but don't forget to head on over to the hotels of the Design Resort, specifically our holiday-loving favorite Grand Californian Hotel. Disney's Grand Californian Hotel is, again, uh, celebrating with themed kind of lobby decorations and also um uh, treats and desserts at their um, kind of year-round cart now that's happening in the lobby there. So they have a bunch of different treats um, available, all themed to Star Wars Month uh, during this time period. Not sure if it's going to be there the entire Star Wars Month, but at least for right now, it's there because we are quickly approaching May the 4th. And don't forget to head on over to Craftsman's Grill because they have two additional fun treats there for Star Wars um, month as well. Don't forget, they always have really cool themed donuts over there. A lot of people forget to go over there. Um, the Craftsman's Grill has some amazing rotating menu items and people just don't head over there. Um, they usually think that it requires a reservation um, because it kind of gets confused with the Craftsman's Bar, which does require reservations. But Craftsman's Grill is just a walk-up, quick-service restaurant location where you can go up to the register, order your food, and they'll bring it out to your table. So, um, And they have, as soon as you walk in, some select dessert items. But of those is going to be a Grogu-themed donut where he's eating the little macaron. And then also a Chewbacca-themed donut, which is kind of shaped like one of those maple bacon bar donuts that has like a Chewbacca decorations all over it. So That one is super fun. All those are available right now at Disney's Grand Californian Hotel, so definitely go check those out if you're celebrating Star Wars Month or if you're just wanting to get into the Star Wars celebration mood, head over there. And of course, all the other amazing items, which Disney Parks blog shared a foodie guide for those that want to kind of add that list. But there is a ton of new items at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, especially at Docking Bay 7. Lots of new food items. So I'm really looking forward to trying all this when I come back from Walt Disney World. It's going to be top of my list heading over to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I don't eat very often at Docking Bay 7 or any of the food locations in Galaxy's Edge, at least as of late. Um, But I'm going to definitely make my way over there to try some of these items because they looked really good, especially that salad. So if you haven't already, go to Disney Parks blog and search for the Star Wars Month foodie guide and check it out. 
Some other news over at Disneyland Park on April 28th, actually, Mice Chat shared some really great images of Josh Tomorrow and the rest of the Disneyland Resort team dedicating a new window on Main Street, but not in the way that you would expect. So normally, they're dedicating new windows on Main Streets to either current Disney legends and or Imagineers or you know, former and past Disney legends and Imagineers. But this particular window was dedicated to a company and more importantly, a foundation that Disney's been working with for many years. And that was the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the Walt Disney Company have been par- partnering together, specifically Disneyland, and granting just tons and tons of wishes for wish kids, you know, at the since the beginning of their partnership together. And if you don't know where or want to see where they dedicated that window. It's actually going to be located above the Make-A-Wish Lounge um, in Disneyland, which for those that don't know, is tucked away on Main Street to the right-hand side next to the First Aid and the Baby Care Center. So just when you're exiting kind of all the shops on the right-hand side of Main Street, behind sort of the the red wagon there that serves the corn dog. So if you didn't know, the Make-A-Wish uh, Lounge is there on the right-hand side, the rightmost building of that kind of trio of buildings there for all those different needs that they offer. Um, last I saw, the Make-A-Wish Lounge on the interior was themed to the inside of what you'd imagine the genie's lamp to be from Disney's Aladdin. Uh, So it's kind of themed to the inside of genie's lamp. Um, If you've ever kind of been involved or seen any of the wish that they grant for Make-A-Wish, a a lot of the the kind of the um, caricatures and and artwork that they use for that is they use the genie for, um, you know, granting those wishes. So it makes sense that the inside of the wish lounge is dedicated to the inside of what the genie's lamp would look like. But the window that was dedicated there was in celebration of World Wish Day. And um, it's, again, the three windows above um, the Make-A-Wish lounge there. And it has a bunch of different things, including, I believe, the founders, um, the name of the company, and all that. So it's the first time they've ever done a window like this, because like I mentioned, it was typically in the past for only like Imagineers or like Disney legends. Over at the hotels of the Disneyland Resort, we got a brand new look at some of the new kind of open spaces coming to the villas at the Disneyland Hotel. Um, Disney actually shared some new renderings on their website of the new uh, proposed Disney Vacation Club Tower. Um, With it, a lot of the fly-throughs and other images we've seen, but some new ones too, including a brand new look at a a new bar location that's coming to kind of the ground level of the hotel. Now, we actually had an opportunity, myself and Mondo from Five Fires, we actually went to the grand opening of the Disneyland Hotel once it reopened after the pandemic. Um, And one of the first things we did was head straight over to Trader Sam's and Tangaroa Terrace. We had an opportunity that day to talk to the general manager at the time of the Disneyland Hotel who mentioned that... um, you know, the tower was, you know, well underway on its construction. At that time, it was a lot less constructive than what it is now. We didn't really know what the name of it was going to be or the theme because it hadn't been shared yet. Um, But that particular uh, manager did share with us that um, there wasn't any proposed dining for the tower because a lot of people had asked that. It wasn't just us. It was a lot of people there had asked if any proposed dining was planning on coming to the tower Um, and nothing that they had 
um, plan just yet or that he could share. He said wasn't able to share anything, but um, at this time there was no plans for dining, um, but did say they were hoping that they would bring something um, to that tower. And I think what they brought was perfect. Obviously, there's not a lot of room there to add a, a new restaurant or something like that. Plus, the Disneyland Hotel has existing restaurants that haven't even reopened yet. They have um, an amazing Goofy's Kitchen restaurant, which is super popular and in dire need of renovation. So that could get redone and really made into something unique and special and new. And of course, Steakhouse 55 hasn't even reopened yet. So it wouldn't make sense to bring a brand new restaurant in this tower when we have all those other options, including Tangaroa Terrace and Trader Sam's in addition to that um, on top of it. So it just, um, it wouldn't make sense to have a full restaurant there. But what we did see in these new renderings was a brand new pool bar, poolside bar kind of underneath the shade of the building, which is really great because if you think about the fact that the Disneyland Hotel is one of the largest pool complexes on property, probably one of the more popular ones. Uh, they do have poolside, like tableside service when you're out at the pool for hotel guests on busier days, um, but that can get a little impacted, you know, especially when it's really busy out on the pool deck. And then in addition to that, you have that one window at Trader Sam's and Tangaro Terrace's outdoor bar area that does service to-go drinks uh, for guests that want to, you know, take them back to the pool when they are there. But that line, as we know, and as a lot of you have seen, can get pretty long and pretty impacted. So having an additional bar location like that on property, especially right off the pool, is going to be super great for servicing that part of the Disneyland Hotel. And a lot of guests won't even have to leave the pool complex area outside those gates to get something like that from this new bar location. Now, no word yet on what the bar location's called or if it's going to even serve any appetizers. I'm sure it will of some kind, so we'll have to wait and see as we get closer to that September opening date. But that was a really cool, unique look at some of the things we hadn't seen yet. So, um, totally confirmed, at least from the uh, renderings, a brand new bar coming to the villas at the Disneyland Hotel um, to better help serve the guests that are out by the pool. Some other Disney Parks news in relation to the new Little Mermaid live action movie coming out this month, actually. The star of that film, Halle Bailey, actually shared for the first time that the live action version of Princess Ariel would be meeting and greeting guests at Disney Parks, specifically Disneyland Resort and at the Walt Disney World Resort um, coming soon this summer, probably shortly after the movie launches. And it's going to be at two specific locations. Um, and it's, uh, I guess, it has been confirmed as late May, so around the time the movie comes out. Um, so at Disneyland, it's going to be in the area known as Small World Mall or the Small World Promenade. And that's going to be the area located from like where the Matterhorn is all the way to where Small World is. So you've seen probably if you've ever been in that space before, um, a lot of character meet and greets happening on the like upper right hand side in that raised area over there. Um, more recently, they've been using that spot at Disneyland for meet and greets with the Fab Five characters when Toontown was closed during its renovation. So they kind of put um, some like castle looking decor right there and they had Mickey, Minnie, like Donald, all the main characters meeting guests right there um, during the time when Toontown was closed. But now that it's open, um, it's kind of used by a bunch of different characters so it would make sense that they would make something here for the Little Mermaid. Now of course if you want to see the original Little Mermaid character, she's also going to be meeting and greeting guests over at the Royal Princess Hall or the Princess Fairy Tale Hall. I'm not sure the exact name of it, 
but it's going to be the Princess Fairytale meet and greet location inside the Fantasy Fair, which is just outside Sleeping Beauty Castle on the left-hand side, where you can meet a bunch of princesses. That'll be her normal rotation over there, just like it always is for all the traditional Disney princesses that you want to meet. This specifically will be at the Small World Promenade or Small World Mall location um, in that corridor leading up to It's a Small World. Now for Walt Disney World Resort, you can actually meet this new version of Ariel over at Disney's Hollywood Studios Park at the Walt Disney Presents area or theater. Um, And if you want to meet the original version of the um, Princess Ariel that has always been at the Magic Kingdom... She'll still continue to be at the Magic Kingdom at her location next to the attraction. Um, So they'll have both available, which is super awesome, around the same time as the movie. We've had a lot of live-action versions of the new princesses coming to the parks when Cinderella, which was the first one that kicked off all these live-action remakes, um, she didn't have a meet-and-greet per se, but she had like a... Uh, like a princess cavalcade um, in her kind of big blue dress that they had. Um, But they've had a bunch of different versions of the princesses in the park. So this wouldn't be the first time. And I'm sure a ton of people want to meet this new version of the Little Mermaid. Um, So look for that if you're going to the parks in late May or sometime this summer. Over at Walt Disney World Resort, now that the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, more specifically the Magic Kingdom, is has wrapped up and left the resort, um, some of the Disney 100 decor and celebration is starting to move in there. They're starting to get involved with the celebration, um, mainly with just a few little bits of decor here and there at some of the different parks. Nothing too major like what was going on at Disneyland, Um, but there will be some new call-outs coming specifically um, over at Spaceship Earth in Epcot. Uh, They're going to have a new lighting display there. If you've been seeing all those amazing lighting shows that they do on the Spaceship Earth ball, they're going to have a brand new version of that um, later this year as part of Disney 100 that Disney just announced. In addition to that, if you've seen the amazing new character outfit costumes that they've had for the Fab Five characters for Disney 100 that have already been out since January at Disneyland, those are going to also debut um, later this year, too, also at Epcot. Um, But there's going to be some special merchandise. There's going to be some special food items coming to the Magic Kingdom. So Disney World is slowly but surely um, getting involved in the celebration as well, too, including Disneyland Paris as well. But um, if you're looking forward to hopefully things coming to Disney World, um, wait no further because it's going to be coming. They've already confirmed it. So I'm happy to see it head over there. I'm I thought from the beginning it should have been kind of like the 50th anniversary of Disneyland when we had the happiest homecoming on earth and like all the theme parks across the world got in on the celebration. So this felt like another really big momentous uh, occasion that would require all the parks to get involved. So that is happening once again. And I wanted to mention it one more time. I know we had talked about it before, um, but specifically wanted to call out since we're getting a little bit closer to the date now. Um, But for those that maybe missed it on the last time or when we talked about it on Mondo's um, Speculation Sunday live stream on YouTube, um, I wanted to note that Peter Pan's flight, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and Alice in Wonderland 
will all be closing simultaneously for a um, refurbishment of an unknown amount of time um, starting on June 5th. So right in the middle of summer, three of the major, more popular attractions in Fantasyland are going to be closed. So if you are an annual pass holder and you like visiting those attractions, definitely get your rides in before June 5th. And if you are planning an upcoming visit and you're going to be coming this summer or maybe later on towards the end of summer, keep in mind this might be something you want to, you know, keep checking the Disneyland website and Disneyland operating hours calendar for because that's going to list all the current um, and existing refurbishments so you can see potentially when they end um, if you're trying to plan around these refurbishments to hopefully go on these attractions once they reopen. And lastly, for the Disneyland Resort specifically, I wanted to call out Fantasmic. Now, of course, we all know the news that happened that we talked about too, um, with the fire incident with Maleficent over at Fantasmic for Disneyland. Um, this, of course, caused Fantasmic to go dark. Um, it is not currently running right now, and we didn't really know when it was going to return. Um, now, Disney has at least issued a statement. Um, they did confirm that Fantasmic would be paused through at least May the 14th um, and potentially beyond that. They did use the verbiage at least May 14th. So, you know, depending on whether there's any weather delays or other issues, um, you know, ch causing any unforeseen circumstances that might add additional delay to it, you don't want to completely bank on May 14th, um, but that is technically right now when they plan to bring it back. Um, they also issued a statement, and I'll go ahead and read that now. And this was posted by Scott Gustin on Twitter, um, who had a statement from a Disneyland official that said, We know our guests love and miss Fantasmic, and Disneyland Resort teams are working hard to assess when we can bring back an adjusted show as quickly and safely as possible. So we already know right there, of course, it's going to be an adjusted version of the show. There already is and has been many versions that are adjusted for Fantasmic um, that don't use the dragon, right? We know Murphy has had um, their share of many different issues in their lifetime at Fantasmic. So operating without Murphy the dragon during Fantasmic would not be um, something that's unusual for a Disney fan who's seen Fantasmic before to see. So, And actually, the average guest um, who isn't in the know probably won't even know the difference. The only thing that we don't know um, is there's a lot of other effects that are on that same stage that could have potentially been affected by this particular um, incident. Not to mention that Disney, of course, as we all know, issued a worldwide or global pause on all fire effects at um, their nighttime spectaculars. This included the Wondrous Journeys fireworks spectacular and projection show, as well as World of Color 1. So we don't know once it returns on May 14th, is this pause, this global pause on fire effects, you know, eliminated and back in play can they start using fire effects again there is still you know the issue of having fire on the river that really kind of gives the effect of the dragon even when the dragon's not there um so if that fire isn't there how does you know phantasmic continue to be an exciting show that tells a convincing story and that's probably what they're working on if they aren't going to be bringing the fire back when they mention an adjusted show so um 
It'll be interesting to see what actually comes back, and I'll definitely be staying late on one of those nights to watch and see what we actually get with that version. And I'm sure there's probably some plan in play to bring back a new version of the dragon, or maybe even it's time to bring back a new version of the show that would um, use some sort of different prop. So we'll have to wait and see on which direction Disney's going to go with this one, but... um, I would imagine it's going to probably be in its adjusted version for a pretty long time. As far as Knott's Berry Farm to round out this final version of the 5571 News segment, I wanted to mention a few things starting off first with the Knott's Bring a Friend tickets promotion. Thanks to our Knott's Adventure on Instagram for calling this one out, but the Knott's Bring a Friend discount tickets promotion, which is a promotion for Knott's Berry Farm season pass holders, is currently in effect right now and goes through September 4th of this year. Now, tickets range from $39.99 to $59.99, depending on the day that you choose to bring your friend, but this is going to be for one friend's admission going with you to Knott's Berry Farm if you're a current season pass holder. So it gives them a really big discount. It's going to be valid for any guest over the age of three. Um, and you must be with that particular ticket holder on the day of their visit. So it's got to truly be a companion ticket. It's not going to be valid at Soak City, and you can do this up to four times per pass holder. So it's a really great opportunity to take advantage of if you are a season pass holder and you want to bring a friend with you to Knott's that maybe doesn't have a pass. And who knows, maybe on that visit, they might want to upgrade that ticket to a season pass themselves because they might have so much fun. And then lastly, for um, the 5571 news segment and for Knott's Berry Farm, I wanted to mention the Boysenberry Festival, of course. Um, I had an opportunity to go to the Boysenberry Festival the weekend before, and I had a great time. Um, I finally got to try that Boysenberry meatball pizza, and it was such um, a good addition this year for the Boysenberry Festival. I love that they were able to extend the festival because of all the really bad weather we've been having. Uh, There were so many opportunities when I wanted to visit, and I had only weekends available to go. And for those that didn't know, actually, up until when all the rain stopped, starting at Christmas time, if you can believe it or not, looking back, we had weather or weather events every single weekend from Christmas all the way up until kind of when all the rain stopped. And typically, I was only going to Disney. Disneyland, not Spray Farm, Universal, etc. on the weekends, just because that's the time that I have available with my job that I work normally Monday through Friday. So um, every single time I tried to go to the Boysmary Festival, it was rained out or the weather wasn't good. And when it rains, unfortunately, Knott's Berry Farm either doesn't open or closes really, really early. And I just didn't feel like it was worth going when they have to shut down some of the outdoor things too, like the shows and the shopping and the craft fair. So I was happy to see that they had extended the event, especially since we were starting to get a break in some of that rain and some really great weather coming out. But I wanted to call out that this is the last weekend to go to the Knott's Berry Farm Boysenberry Festival. So this weekend, May 5th, 6th, and 7th will mark the final weekend of the Boysenberry Festival as Knott's Berry Farm then winds it all down and gets ready to prepare for Ghost Town Alive, which is the next best thing, and of course, Summer Nights as well too. So um, if you didn't get a chance to get in there for the Boysenberry Festival, definitely go do that this upcoming weekend. Um, Get those final taste tabs used if you have any left over. 
offer. This is your last opportunity to do so, um, but a lot to look forward to because Ghost Town Alive is probably one of the best times at Knott's. Um, and Summer Nights usually has some good foods, not going to lie. I didn't really enjoy the offerings they had last year, but I'm having my fingers crossed for some really fun and unique items this year. Now onto our main straight topic for the episode. I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about what you can expect or what new things you might find for Star Wars month. Cause it's the first time we're having like a full month of celebration. Really Disney's done like a full month of Star Wars weekends before we've seen celebrations on like the third and fourth for May the 4th. So not super new when it comes to celebrating Star Wars, but new that it's taking over the whole month of May. Um, So I wanted to go a little bit more in depth. Of course, earlier in the podcast, we already talked about one of the biggest things, Hyperspace Mountain returning to Space Mountain at Disneyland Park. Now, this is pretty much returning the same way as we knew it with no real big changes to it. Um, It's a pretty easy change for them, and I'm glad it's sticking around the whole month. Um, The biggest change you might notice from the outside anyway is the new signage that they put over the Space Mountain sign there in Tomorrowland, just outside the Alien, Little Green Men Alien Pizza Planet restaurant. So um, definitely check out Hyperspace Mountain if you're visiting during the month of May. But I wanted to go a little bit more in depth on some of the food items you might expect, as well as some special merch items that you can also get um, specifically at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that I thought were kind of cool that we've seen kind of trickle out as people have um, kind of seen them pop up or as Disney's kind of shown them on social media. But first off, we're going to start off at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is, of course, Star Wars land, and it's going to have some of the most new food offerings during this event, Um, more specifically, two brand new food items at Star Wars Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo. Now, they're going to have this really unique looking salad. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, definitely go check out Disney Parks blog for the foodie guide on this because you're going to want those visuals, especially if you're planning um, to get some of these items and want to make a list. But um, it's going to be called the Temple Root Leaf and Moss Salad. And one has a seasoned guayo egg, which is essentially a soy marinated soft boiled egg. So something you might see in like Japanese ramen, if you ever go out to like a ramen house, um, you're going to see that kind of soy marinated soft boiled hard egg that they put kind of either on the side or in your ramen. Um, This is like right on that salad. But there's also a plant-based version that has... um, that doesn't have the egg and other meat items in it. So there's two different versions. So one for each kind of guest, whatever your taste may be. Um, so it looks really, really good in my opinion. I cannot wait to try this item out. I'm super excited on that one. They're also going to have a um, light up acid spitter orb sipper with lanyard. So this is not necessarily a super new look item for Disneyland Resort, but it is coming back for this time. So if you wanted to get it, that's going to be available there at Docking Bay 7. Um, then, of course, at Katsaka's Kettle, which is the popcorn location, there's always some unique, cool new flavor offering um, that they do here. Of course, nothing in my opinion beats out the chocolate popcorn, which they still sell sometimes at this location. But if not here any of the Coke stand locations inside Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, they still serve the chocolate popcorn in a bag, sealed and uh, ready to go. So unfortunately, it's not as much as you would get when you get it at Katsaka's Kettle, but um, it is still available if you wanted it. But the special flavor during this new May 2nd and beyond kind of time frame 
is going to be called the Surabat Valley Mix. And this is a sweet kettle corn. And it also features futakake. So if you don't know what futakake is, um, this is essentially like a seaweed seasoning mix that um, a lot of Japanese you know, cuisine uses on rice. So you might see people sprinkle futakake on their rice for the dish that they're eating. Um, it has a bunch of different seasonings in it, but it has flaked like dried seaweed in it. Um, so I feel like that's going to give it a really unique flavor with the sweet kettle corn and then the kind of saltiness of futakake and that the seaweed flavor. So this is a unique offering. So definitely check it out. And it does specifically call out also available with futakake. So if you want to just get the sweet kettle corn and maybe don't want the futakake, it sounds like they might have it without it. So keep that in mind. Of course, they're going to have another new mix called the Niamos mix, which is going to be a savory sour cream and chive popcorn. And this one is also going to be available with Futakake. And then they're going to have a jelly fruit muffin at this location, which is cool because they've been experimenting at Katsaka's Kettle with some like additional food items. During Star Wars night, they had like some chicken legs here, um, and they kind of continued that on for a little bit after Star Wars night. Um, so this is another kind of unique offering. This is more of like a, I don't know, you, I guess you could maybe consider it a breakfast or a dessert item, um, but it's going to be a passion fruit buttermilk muffin with pineapple and blackberry jam. And from the looks of it on the picture, this is a bright blue muffin. So it's got probably some uh, food coloring in it. So if you're adverse to that, maybe stay away from this one. But it looks really cool. Definitely otherworldly. So I'm probably going to be checking that one out for sure. Also in Galaxy's Edge over at the milk stand now. Now we all know the Toydaria Swirl, which was an amazing addition at the milk stand. This is going to be green milk with like essentially chamoy swirled throughout um, this particular green milk, you know, that you get all along the cup, kind of like you would get a caramel drizzle on your Starbucks cup. That's like the best way to put it. Um, so that was really popular. Of course, if you like chamoy and the, the spicy kind of peppery sweet flavor to it, um, mixed with green milk, it just was an, a winning combination. That's still available to this day um, and it's going to still be available. Um, but they're going to have a brand new version, but this time coming to the blue milk. And this one is called the Tenu Swirl. Um, and it's going to be the Tenu Swirl Crunchies Cereal. Uh, version of blue milk. So it's going to have blue milk topped with strawberry and grape candy pebbles. So essentially, it looks like nerds. So they're going to have some sort of kind of um, like syrup, like a, a strawberry syrup, it almost looks like, um, swirled in. And then they also have the candies. So what looks like essentially nerds. And that really fits well, because if you've ever had blue milk, Blue milk almost tastes like a liquid version of a sweet tart, specifically a blue sweet tart. So adding nerds on top of that would just not only add to the sugar, but definitely add to the sugary candy taste of this particular drink. Um, this is also available starting May 2nd and then beyond. Um, you know, this is going to go beyond Star Wars month too for a lot of these. So they haven't really said specifically, but for now, um, just assume we're only talking about inside Star Wars month, the month of May. 
And then the last two locations over in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to get some new items is going to be, of course, Ogus Cantina and the Ronto Roasters location. So starting first at Ogus Cantina, they're going to add a new food item, which is kind of a rare thing here, but they're going to have a new food item, which is essentially a big giant pretzel knot, and it's going to come with a new creamy honey mustard that has some sort of kind of floaty thing in it from what looks like in the picture. Um, it's going to be a creamy honey mustard dip. So not necessarily knowing what is in it, because um, they're not just calling it a honey mustard dip. It's a creamy honey mustard dip. So, um, And it is a big, giant, um, warm pretzel knot. Kind of looks like it's been dusted with some poppy seeds uh, from the looks of it in the picture. Um, and then the new drink item at this location is going to be the ginger tea, ginger lime tea lemonade with soju. So it's going to have soju, Minute Maid lemonade, gold peak unsweetened tea, habanero lime and ginger flavors topped with matcha foam. So this one is definitely an interesting one. Um, now remember all the drinks at Ogus Cantina are pre-made. Um, so nothing is like shaken and made fresh right there in the location. Um, and this is for like consistency, of course, staying in theme and stuff like that. So um, I'm interested to see how they're going to do the matcha foam on top. But um, I, I'd be interested to see someone else who might try this. I'm not really like a big soju person. So I'll be looking at Ordinary Adventures or Mondo for this one <laughs> to see what it tastes like. I'm sure one of them will get this for sure um, in their long list of new items they're going to be getting. And then lastly, in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Ronto Roasters. Um, the only new item called out here is going to be that same light-up acid spitter orb sipper that was included um, as an option over at Docking Bay 7. So unfortunately, no new food, no new version of a Ronto wrap or ronto list wrap. Um, it's really kind of just going to be what they have um, for this whole month is just like that sipper that we've seen. So um, in addition to that, you might find some new garlic puffs at the at the Coca-Cola carts that we mentioned that have like the chocolate popcorn, um, some of the things we've seen in the past as well. Um, but that wraps up everything inside Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. As far as food's concerned, now there's a ton of food offerings all around the rest of the resort, um, and probably way too long to mention in this episode. I wanted to specifically call out Star Wars Galaxy's Edge because it's kind of a really cool, unique thing when Star Wars um, they when they add food look food items to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge because the menus, of course, there are so highly themed and um, kind of have been a staple for a long time. There's not a lot of changes or add-ons as often as we see throughout the rest of the park when they have like a holiday, right? So. Um, getting a brand new item being added to something like Docking Bay 7 is a pretty big deal, um, especially to those fun new popcorn mixes at Katsaka's Kettle. So a lot of cool things um, coming not only to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but all over the park, including um, like the Galactic Grill in Tomorrowland, which of course is like a staple uh, for a lot of places. But next, I wanted to call out some other unique items coming to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge as far as souvenirs are concerned. Um, and really just from what I saw called out um, online and on social media. First over at Droid Depot, they're going to have a brand new droid. This is a pre-built droid. 
available to purchase um, at that location. Now, this is in addition to, of course, customizing your own droid, like a BB unit or an R unit. Um, those, I believe, are still the $99 price point. Um, no discounts, I think, of, of applicable to those. But this is one of the pre-made droid units in a box that you can get at Droid Depot, usually like along the wall, just outside the build area of Droid Depot. Now this is gonna be for the BD-1 unit droid, uh, which was the company little sidekick of former Jedi Padawan Cal Kestis um, during his time after Order 66. Now, um, if you um, aren't familiar with Cal Kestis, he also is going to have a brand new lightsaber coming out during this time as well, too, that they were showing, I think, for Shop Disney. Not sure if that's coming also to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, but this particular droid unit, I think, retails for just around $110. I think it was like $109, $110. It is available at Droid Depot. And again, this is a pre-made unit. Um, from what I saw on videos online, he does kind of, um, he has sort of like two legs and then like an upper unit with the head that turns around. Um, so not necessarily kind of like a rolling droid. Um, he doesn't walk on the legs. He does roll. There's like little wheels underneath them, but the legs do kind of move. He has a lot of light effects on the back of his head, as well as a kind of big light up projector eye. So a lot of fun light up things you don't normally see on the droids you can customize at Droid Depot. So definitely go check this out. The cast members have had a sample of BD-1 on the counter that you can play around with and see it, it like kind of go about uh, on the counter there, but um, it is for sale, and I'm not sure if it's for a limited time, but at least for now, moving forward, it's for sale, um, and they've had other limited items come through here, so this could be another limited item. Now, one big thing that really kind of took off when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge first debuted back in 2019 was the silverware and the plateware that they had at Docking Bay 7, right? They had reusable silverware and plateware at that location, and a lot of it quickly began to disappear and show up on online sites like eBay for sale um, because people were interested in getting their hands on anything related to Star Wars. There are lots of Star Wars collectors out there, so... This was no exception. Disney soon kind of began to take that away and use regular silverware. Um, but in, in addition to that, they also offered a version of that Galaxy's Edge spork or fork, whatever you want to call utensil that they had um, as a gift item in one of the retail shops uh, that you could purchase. Or I think you could even get it at Docking Bay 7 as like an add-on. Um, but it was something that you could purchase as a souvenir. Um, so now there's actually a new version of a reusable kind of utensil set that showed up also at Droid Depot. This is going to be for $19.99, and it comes in like a nice little reusable pouch that says Droid Depot on it. Um, they are all metal. Not sure what kind of metal they are, but they're copper in color, um, and they have a fork, a knife, and a spoon. And they're very kind of like space futuristic looking and they have all the droid depot logos and kind of etchings on them if you've ever seen any of the merchandise from that location um, but it's $19.99 for a reusable set so if you wanted to get that for your park days and you're trying to you know not use any of the plastic forks and knives throughout your visit at the parks um, you could pick this up at droid depot while supplies last i believe they have it behind the counter so you have to ask for it but they do have it on display so you can see it outside 
over at Savi's workshop, also in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. They're going to be having some brand new pieces that guests are going to be able to use to build a lightsaber at Savi's workshop. Um, they haven't shown any to us yet, but they did so, say that there was going to be some brand new pieces coming. So that's something to look forward to, especially if you already had a reservation for Savi's workshop planned for the summer. You're going to be potentially able to book uh, or build a bunch of new different items uh, for the different lightsabers there. And then they also teased a brand new lightsaber hilt holder, which looks really, really cool. Um, and this is going to be lit up. They're showing lit up in different colors. One is like lighting the lightsaber up in red. Another one's lighting the hilt up in green. And then more importantly, on the front side of this um, hilt holder is going to be a slot for four different kyber crystals that you can put right in front of the lightsaber hilt, um, which is great for all the Savi's Workshop lightsabers because, of course, you can switch out the kyber crystals and change the color of the lightsaber. So a really great way to display the lightsaber that you built at Savi's Workshop and display some of the kyber crystals that you may have purchased from Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities um, after building your lightsaber. But of course, this new um, collectible hilt display will be available at Doc Ondar's um, and also on Shop Disney. So if you aren't going to Disneyland anytime soon, but this definitely interests you, check out the Disney Parks blog post on all things Star Wars Month. They have a really great photo of it displaying two different types of lightsabers. Um, and it's going to be available starting May 4th. So um, not at the beginning, beginning of the month, but still at the beginning of the month <laughs> on the actual Star Wars day. So I would imagine there's going to be a huge long line at Doc Ondar's inside Disneyland for this specific thing. Anytime there's like any sort of new drop, it always causes massive crowds over there in that location. But those are specifically the things I wanted to call out for Disneyland. I felt like it was unique to call out all the things coming to specifically Star Wars Galaxy's Edge because we haven't seen a lot of change there. Um, and when it does happen, it's a pretty big deal. So this is really cool to see a bunch of new things coming, things to check out this summer. It's just a list of a lot of things to, that you can do as a family on vacation or even a frequent visitor um, with an annual pass or magic key pass coming regularly to try out some new things. I'm excited to see them and I hope you guys are all excited to experience them as well too. And we didn't even begin to touch the amazing things that you can do on any of the sold out Star Wars nights that are happening at those after dark events at Disneyland Park with the long list of special food items, probably special merch that they're going to have and really cool new character opportunities like Queen Amidala. Um, so definitely check out another post on Disney Parks blog about everything that's available there for that. Um, but that wraps up this particular episode. I just wanted to go into a few more details on Star Wars Month since a lot of people have been asking me questions about it. So I felt like it was cool to do a little research and share with you guys what we knew and what some things you might want to look out for uh, were when you're going to Disneyland Resort during Star Wars Month or in the summer because a lot of these items are sticking around after Star Wars Month. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the 5571 news segment and, of course, our Main Street topic. If you have any topic ideas you would like to suggest, of course, please go ahead and send them to me. You can email me directly at podcast, the5571.com. Again, podcast at the5571.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram or on Twitter. Let me know if you've listened to the podcast, if you like it. And like I mentioned, if you had any questions, suggestions, or comments, 
Um, in addition to that, of course, this episode is going to be going live when you're listening to it on Tuesday, May the 2nd. Um, and for the following week, there actually won't be a new podcast episode until um, probably Friday. I might try to get it out on Thursday, but you're probably you're going to get it on Friday just because of what's going on. So for those that don't know, I'm actually going out of town on a trip to Walt Disney World. I'm going to be filming some content there for my YouTube channel. I'll be posting a lot on um on my um, Instagram and on my Twitter account. So if you want to follow kind of more daily updates, definitely go check out there. This is totally a relaxing trip for me, a true vacation. So no real intention of going. Of course, there's a lot of new things that have opened recently at Walt Disney World. Um, So I'll definitely be checking some of those things out, but I'm not specifically going for anything in general. It's just a fun, relaxing trip for me um, and to utilize my annual pass. Since I do have an annual pass out there as well. Um, But because of that, I won't be on Speculation Sunday this weekend coming up because I'll be at Walt Disney World, of course. And my podcast won't be coming out on its normal Tuesday day because I'm going to be over there and unable to record over the weekend. So I'm going to probably do a big wrap up of what, you know, my experience was like going to Walt Disney World, maybe answering some questions. I got a lot of questions on just speculation Sunday about like where to stay, where I was staying. Um, So maybe I'll go into a little bit of that for a segment of the podcast episode after I come back. Um, But like I mentioned, maybe coming out Thursday of the following week. So May, I think that's May the 11th. Um, but potentially May 12th uh, for that Friday. So if you listen regularly every week, you're you're going to be getting a double up episode because we're going to be doing one on either Thursday or Friday of that week. And then, of course, the normal Tuesday shortly thereafter to get back on schedule again. And of course, keep an eye out on all my other social medias, like I mentioned earlier, Instagram and Twitter, both Just Ask Danny. And then, of course, my YouTube channel, Just Ask Danny as well for the videos that I'm going to be making during this particular trip. Um, I don't know how many I'm going to make, but I'm just going to go with it. Like I said, it's a fun vacation. I'm going to see kind of what I want to share. Of course, I'll definitely be making a video at Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is my favorite park. Um, But beyond that, we'll have to just go with it. Of course, they already have Splash Mountain closed over there with a lot of construction progress. So I feel like that's something a lot of people probably want to see. So I'll definitely be showcasing that as well. Um, but thank you so much for listening to this episode and providing all the feedback and comments and suggestions and questions that you already have. And if you haven't already consider subscribing to the podcast, cause there's future episodes throughout every single week, um, going over different topics and news items. So if you're into that, share with your friends, share on social media and make sure you're subscribed for all the new episodes coming. And again, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.